Welcome to How to Be Me Again, the self-care podcast where we learn how to take care of ourselves because we don't know how. No Um, idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Kristen. And I'm Maddie. And yeah, here we are. Episode three. (laughs) Woo woo. Woo, we did it. We We got to three. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Hopefully this one actually records. (laughs) I'm feeling confident. I think we're getting there. Eventually this will be something we laugh at. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, so how's it been going for you with your intentionality? Um (laughs) does that give you any indication? (laughs) Um I think it's been going pretty good. Um, I, I don't know if I, like, I, I didn't kind of commit to the things I said I was going to commit to mm-hmm. as much as I intended to. I kind of, uh, so I think we spoke about me doing some journaling and going back to the core desired feelings journaling right? that I had done in the past. And so I went, cause like I have an old um, physical journal and I think I mentioned to you, I was going to like <laughs> transfer it to my iPad. And then I found out that. Um, Danielle Laporte actually sells uh, like iPad versions of her thing and that's where it ended (laughs) I didn't buy it and I didn't journal but I was like I took action I did what I said I was gonna do (laughs) done tick moving on Um, and that um, then you achieved your core desired feeling of feeling accomplished in that moment (laughs) in that moment and then didn't feel the same way in the days leading after that (laughs) (laughs) but I think I'm still I don't know I mean I I think it's always going to be something where you're always just increasing your awareness but Mm -hmm. I think that was that's kind of I don't know if I'm stuck there or um yeah just I just am noticing more and more ways that I'm kind of getting in my own way and Mm. creating busyness and I had another um counseling session last night and it's like oh my gosh I've got the most amazing counselor (laughs) she (laughs) she really like uh, so, so I've said to a lot of people, and I'm really curious to know if anyone in the audience is a coach, um, if you feel this, is I had never really been counselled before I became a coach myself. And then when I started to become really self-aware, I was like, well, it's going to be so hard for someone to coach me because I'm like <laughs> so self-aware and I... I'm going to know, I know what's everything wrong with me about myself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I've been really impressed that she's like noticed things about me, like that I have not noticed about myself at all. Yeah. Um, and one of them that's really like taken me by surprise is that I'm apparently very critical of myself. Oh, yeah, definitely you are. <laughs> and it's so funny I think because we all I just, are, though. I know, but like, I, I think I, I like, I had this top level idea about myself where I'm really kind to myself mm. and like, I, I catch my critical thinking and my judgments and that I'm kind of like out of that habit. Like I, I'm fixed kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And um, it's funny because I think I spoke to you about this and you were, and even you said in the last couple of weeks when we were having a big phone call, like, oh, you're so hard on yourself, Maddie. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, how am I not noticing how hard on myself I am? So that's kind of where I'm at is like catching myself in the like, being hard on myself moments because I actually think that plays in a lot to the intentionality piece because 
you know, when I'm not being intentional, I'm just kind of like beating down on myself and feeling like I'm not getting anything done. And, and, you know, part of that is actually what I did do this week was to go away one night and do some journaling to kind of like check in and, and acknowledge myself for what I have accomplished recently. Right. That's good. And it was a really long list. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I've been doing some stuff. So... So that's how I'm going. How are you going, Kristen? <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah, I haven't had the same realization, but I have had a lot of realizations. I think just how much I distract myself and how much I think it kind of goes along with the same thing as you where I have this idea that I'm so self-aware or this idea that I'm working so hard on certain things, but mm. all I've really done is acknowledged it, right? And right. when you get to the point where you're like, okay, well, okay, that's great that you've acknowledged it, but now we need to, like, delve into that a little bit deeper. That's mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, okay, any distraction that's around me, literally anything else that I could be doing, it doesn't matter what it is. I'll do all the chores. My house is super clean whenever I'm avoiding anything, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it was interesting to kind of realize, like, how how much I try to protect myself and distance myself from certain things while I'm still sitting here thinking I'm so self-aware and so on top of it and so, you know, Mm -hmm. so good at all of this stuff when really it's like, oh, when it comes down to it, I actually haven't done a lot of that, you know? Mm. It's interesting. I actually found, like, when I looked into my... um, core desired feelings a bit I was like okay I kind of I added one on there that I didn't have before so mine mine are consistent accomplished unique energized and inspired Mm. are mine Um, so I added unique on there because I realized that that's really important to me when I like to feel that I'm different from other people and it's like a key thing that triggers me if I feel like I'm being treated very generically I get Mm. very upset by it (laughs) me too and did we talk about this last week like the uniqueness like I've got a real uniqueness thing too it's not one of my core desired feelings interestingly but Mm. I have a real significance that I drive um from feeling unique to the point where I've like taught myself bizarre musical instruments and things when I was in school because I was like, I want to be different from everyone else. (laughs) But see, the funny thing with me is that I never really actively pursued being different. Ah, I just wanted to to be seen as different. Or not seen as different, but seen as um, like special in some way or seen as not normal. Like, it's weird because I've never... I've never super gravitated towards things that make me stand out, mm-hmm. um, but I just I just wanted it to kind of happen naturally. Like I wanted someone to see that special side of me. Although I have like a lot of unique things about me, um, I've never really like actively put them out there. Mm. Um, so I'm curious I, then, and with respect to that, mm. have you either already done it or have you thought about? how during a typical day you would generate that feeling, that core desired feeling? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Well, I think right now kind of what I'm working on and doing that with is like in my business, like starting up, you know, my own online business and and stuff like that. I'm really trying to um, not get caught up in what everybody else 
says and does and all that kind of stuff and trying to really listen to my own voice because I have this like belief that I am inherently unique like I I have this I know I've got this quality to me that is slightly different and looking at things in a slightly different way in a very unique way and so but I've never um I'm an obliger so and a people pleaser and uh, like every kind of thing like <laughs> an HSP a highly sensitive person so it's really hard for me when I'm around other people mm. to um, to not pick up on what they're feeling or thinking or saying or doing like I have a very hard time with that so mm. it's it's always like this catch 22 for me of like finding out how to do things and what everybody else is doing and what the proper way to do things is and also balancing it with well how do I think it needs to be done and yes you know and who am I to say that my way is the right way that type of thing like yeah it's a good check-in isn't it because even like mm -hmm. with like with regard to your you know new pursuit of your own online business I think it's a great like check-in for you to be performing you know, really every day, <laughs> especially yeah. as you begin to kind of be like reminding yourself, like, this is part of the reason that I want to have my own business this is part of the reason I don't want to work for other people is, you know, it does, I would imagine, um, deliver on your uniqueness desire. Right. Yeah. Mm. And that's, it's like at some point though, like the other night um, or yesterday, you and I had a really good co-working session in the morning and I got lots of stuff done and I had kind of decided a lot of things and had done a lot of work. But man, I was exhausted in the evening. I was just like, I can't use my brain anymore. All mm. I'm doing is thinking about everything and and working so hard to be present and to be intentional. And it's exhausting. Mm. It's great because at least I'm... I'm aware of things and I feel like I'm much more in tune with what the reality of every situation is a bit mm. more. Um, but man, is it tiring? <laughs> no kidding. I mean, that's, that's my perpetual struggle is just figuring out how to balance like being in my business and being not in my business basically, because like the pre like you mentioned presence, like that's one of my ongoing challenges is figuring out how to be more present. And it was in interesting actually, but it was even one of the things I spoke to my counselor about last night because we talked a lot about my anxiety and it's like, I say my anxiety almost nervously cause I've never <laughs> wanted to like own it or claim that that's something that I, you know, have deal have, with yeah. whatever it is. And, you know, she was talking about how people with anxiety tend to live in the future and are big planners and people mm -hmm. who are depressed are kind of on the other end of the spectrum where they're kind of withdrawing from life. And I know that you can absolutely feel both things and, you know, fluctuate between the two. I know I have, but I'm definitely tend on the side of the anxiety piece more often. Yeah. Same. And it's interesting because so something that happened this week was my husband kind of like, he called me out without, I think, intentionally meaning to call me out. <laughs> because he, so we're watching the show Billions and he's already watched it before and I have never really gotten into it. And I was watching a few episodes as he was watching them. Like I, I was doing other things, but I caught snippets and I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Maybe I'll give it a go. 
And there's a new season dropping. And so my husband was like, oh, well, let's, you know, let's watch it together. He's excited to rewatch it with me because he's going to do the thing where he like looks over at me and he's like, how does she respond to that, you know, bomb that was just dropped or whatever? You know, he's excited to watch me watching it, (laughs) basically. (laughs) But he said to me, would it be okay if you watched it without your phone? And I was like, oh, damn. I feel so called out (laughs) because I am so guilty of not, like I actually realize there's very few shows I've really watched every episode like in detail in the Mm -hmm. last couple of years because I like, I think probably since like Game of Thrones ended, (laughs) like it's been such a long time because I get, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to check this Instagram thing. And then I'm just going to, oh, someone messaged me. I'm just going to respond to this. And then I miss part of the plot, but I hate rewinding because it feels like I'm double handling or being inefficient. So then I don't fully get all the nuance. And anyway, he called me out and it's been really kind of hard for me to do. (laughs) It is hard. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I've actually been challenging myself with that lately. Yeah. Um, With all of this intentionality, I realized that I don't ever really do just one thing at a time anymore. I'm always doing a couple things. Like even, you know, I've got 17 different tabs open on my computer (laughs) and I'm not looking at any of them, (laughs) you know? I've always got my phone there. Like the same thing for me, you know, I would be like, oh, I'm just going to zone out and watch a TV show. But Mm. then I'd be playing on my phone while I'm watching the TV show. And at some point, inevitably, I would feel mentally like overwhelmed or overstimulated I couldn't really I wasn't really focusing on either one fully and so I've kind of been challenging myself there have been a few times where I've even just put my phone like I'm like oh it needs to charge it's gonna be in the kitchen and I'm not gonna get up to go get it and I've had it where I've been watching a movie that's a really good movie sitting there thinking oh I should go grab my phone and it's Mm. like don't just just sit here and watch it. And I've actually had a few, I've watched a few really good movies in the last little bit where I was fully paying attention and fully immersed in it. And it was awesome. Like it was That's really amazing. good. But I yeah. realized that I haven't had that feeling in a long time. Well, and it's like, uh, it was interesting because when I was bringing this up to my counselor, I was getting really down on myself. And she said, well, let's just remember did we all watch the documentary on Netflix about like social media? Like it's designed to like make us crave wanting to go back to it. Cause I know right. that that's one of my big things. I keep going back to social media and like, it's one of those things where my business to a point relies on, you know, the magic that is social media in order to grow it and amass an audience and all this kind of thing. But I tell you what, if I could, be in a situation where I could have no Facebook page, no Instagram profile, like I would do it. I feel like I would happily cancel all of it. I really don't even care about like staying in contact with friends and family that way. I'm like, if you want to talk to me, let's have a conversation. Yeah. It's really, truly just because of my business that I stay on them and I, and it's exhausting. It is exhausting, but something that the counselor kind of like reminded me was to like bring compassion in those moments because this is part of that like me being too hard on myself thing right Mm -hmm. is I notice myself wanting the phone and then I'm like oh I've made a commitment to Rory to not do it oh I wish I didn't like feel like this all the time and now I feel conflicted and so it was really a good reminder for me to be like told 
take a moment, kind of like acknowledge that that's what you're feeling without mm-hmm. judgment, but then yeah. also to kind of like question like, huh, why do I, what am I, why am I feeling like this? Like what's driving this behavior? And it was amazing when I started thinking about that, how little I question why I'm doing it. Like it's become uh, so habitual that yeah. it's like, I'm so on autopilot. She asked me at one point, like, what happens before we were also talking about this, this habit that I have where I get like manically into researching something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what happens immediately before that, ha- like before the manicness begins? And I was like, I literally have no idea <laughs> because I've, <laughs> I get so on the high of yeah. like going into the research part that I like don't ever take a pause to be like, Hmm, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah. Well, who does? Like, that's not how we work. You know, we're not taught to do that, right? No, we're not taught to do that at all. Mm. But I think that's part of this whole um, journey for me. It's been just just that taking a minute to stop and think about what's going on, what my next step is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, your counselor raised a good point of like, how did you get to the step you're at now? You know, yeah. like that's another side of it of how did we get where we are and how do we get where we want to go yes. next? And I feel like, you know, this experiment, it's like, I haven't ever really been super intentional. I think in my whole life about anything I've done, mm-hmm. You know, and that's a really weird thing to think about. It Part of it makes me, I've never really had regrets in my life, but part of me thinks that, like, man, how different would my life have been if when in my 20s I would have been a bit more intentional about some of the, the steps that I took in my life or... Mm you know, in my early thirties, been a bit more intentional about certain things. I mean, not that I'm never intentional, but just with the day to day, like little life things. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's even like, I feel like there's these people online that I follow who I'm like, how do they have their life so together? (laughs) Like Mm. just how are they getting up and having a green smoothie every morning? And you know, like, they're, like they're, they're often eating like these crazy clean diets and they're all about like I moved my body and I journaled and I meditated and I pulled cards and I smelled essential oils and I suppose this is the whole <laughs> point of this whole podcast for us is that mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're sold as being like self-care but yeah. at the same time those people do exist and the thing I'd like to learn from them is like how are you regulating your impulses? Because ultimately I think that's what it comes down to is that it's like yeah. you're resisting those pings well, I, that are happening in our brain to like yeah. go and do something different and to remain present. Well, I think the whole thing is like what I kind of thought about in this last week when I was looking at my core desired feelings and um, thinking about, you know, it's not it, – I need to live life in a way where I'm not letting my current feelings dictate what my next step is going to be. I have to let the feeling that I want to get dictate what my next step is going to be. You know, like so often I sit there and I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. I'm not going to do this, this and this. I'm just going to sit here or or I'm going to go and do this other thing because it's fun and it's whatever. But it doesn't lead to, you know the the things that I want in my life right like can we just say that again because that was like it's blowing my mind <laughs> I'm sitting here like <laughs> like that it's like choosing 
what? Say it again. I need you to say it again. <laughs> oh, the feelings thing that I don't want to. I want to make choices based on what I want to be feeling, not what I'm feeling in that moment. Yes, like that's a game changer. I think what you've just mm. said, like, it, and it's like, it's and I think hard. it's also come down to something we've talked about, which is like making a choice, not just like being at like in coaching we call it like at cause um like your no at cause or at effect i always forget which one it is i think <laughs> I it's know, your at effect you're just at, at the effect of your current emotions oh, whereas okay. like if you're at cause you're making a choice yeah. someone's gonna come at me online i'm sure and tell me i got it wrong but <laughs> at any rate that's what just i just don't look at your social media it'll be fine <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> don't go looking for it <laughs> But, yeah, I think you nailed something there with that, like, choosing to feel what you want to feel rather than what you're feeling is is a, is a huge. Yeah, well, and it's kind of like, I mean, for me, I'm always, you know, I if I have the option, I will choose to be lazy or I will choose to be, you know, doing the thing that's easiest. I think that's something for me I always great gravitate towards what will be the easiest and let me stay in my comfort zone for the longest possible amount of time. Mm. And so with my core desired feelings, like when I keep those in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, is that going to make me feel energized? Is that going to make me feel inspired or make me feel like I've accomplished something? Yes. Like none of those things that's, it doesn't check, check any of those boxes. So that means I have to get off my butt and go and do something, even if it's small, mm. you know, something that will at least satisfy one of those feelings that I'm going for. So you know? let me ask you this, because like, this is, I hear you and I think I'm so on board with what you're saying. The thing that always trips me up is catching myself. It's right. like in those moments, actually having the, um, What's the, what's the term like the front of mind or the mm-hmm. um how do you say that the um, foresight whatever to yeah. to actually like do that because this is the other thing we just talked about too is like taking that pause it's really interesting yesterday i was uh on a onboarding call for this um feminist coach certification that i'm uh, just beginning right yeah and it's so funny every time i'm on a call like this and there's an opportunity for people to like like if there's a round robin where everyone gets to like introduce themselves mm-hmm. nine times out of ten I'm the first person to do it <laughs> I'm like they're like who wants to go first and I'm like al- almost always the one who's like I'll go first and <laughs> that not doesn't because surprise I, me at all <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> and it's funny because it's not because I like want to be I, well I obviously do want to be the first one but it's like not from this place of like showing off it's almost like i'm saving everyone else like i'll take the bullet i'll be the first yeah, person don't worry guys i got yeah, this. i got it i got it it's all right i'll i'll take it um but i got really nervous yesterday to the point of my voice shaking and really like, yeah almost getting teary which is kind of unusual for me yeah um i think part of it was because there was someone on the call that was like i've had a relationship with in the past and i haven't seen him in a long time and i was like really conscious of like feeling like wondering what they're thinking about me and Mm -hmm. so that was definitely playing on my mind but as a result I started to speed up and I could feel myself getting more nervous because I could hear my voice wavering and then I'm like that person obviously knows that I'm nervous because they they would recognize that I'm not talking normally yeah but 
I thought about it later and I was like, for one, it was a safe, very safe room to be in. It's exactly the kind of place that I could have just gone, I'm just going to take a deep breath here. And everyone's probably going to be like, oh, isn't that great that she took a deep breath? Like, I'm going to take a deep breath. Like, I, I should have just taken a pause to collect myself think about what I'm saying. Like I, I, every time I think about something like that, I often think of Barack Obama and how whenever he oh, gave yeah. a speech, he was one of the slowest talkers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was like so – everything he said seemed so profound and I think that's because he spoke so – like not. I don't even want to say slowly as much as he was like measured. Yeah. It was just very even, even killed, yes. you know? Yeah. Yes. And every word was like chosen with intention. Yeah. And I mean, he's a politician, so <laughs> like, yeah. that's what you'd hope out of your politicians. But like, I, I often think having the foresight to kind of like have that pause gives me confidence, like, it gives me an opportunity to like think more deeply about what it is that I want to say. I'm less likely to fumble my words. And like, that's, and obviously I'm using an example of being on a live call, but I even think about fumbling my thoughts when it comes to mm-hmm. just like me on my own, trying to reach for my phone during an episode of billions, like yeah, being prompted to take a pause, take a breath and kind of look at what I'm, doing and choosing like what you were saying like having the choice of like what i what do i want to feel but anyway that was a very long explanation (laughs) for me to ultimately ask you so how are you (laughs) intending on catching yourself (laughs) that was great (laughs) that's a lot of backstory (laughs) no i loved it but i think that just to quickly touch on what you were saying Mm -hmm. is that i think um even just having that thought of I should take a breath right now or I should think for a second. Like, I think that that is something that I'm doing now that I didn't do before we started this experiment. Like, I wasn't even aware. Even if it's after the fact and you're like, why didn't I do that? Like, that's all part of the process, right? It's not just about we're not going to be perfect in every moment and we can't beat ourselves up for not doing it. We just have to acknowledge that hey, you've got that awareness now. So the next time, like now it's that, I think that uh, it was Maya Angelou who had that quote about um, like once once you know better, do better Mm, kind of thing. Like you can't beat yourself up for not doing something perfectly. But if you know a bit better now, you can do better the next time, right? Yeah. And hopefully catch yourself a bit sooner and actually... Yeah, actually take that moment for yourself and give yourself permission in those moments to act on it, not just think about it, right? And you know what you've just sparked for me there (laughs) is I just had a huge uh aha and it's going to sound like I'm being really hard on myself. (laughs) And I am. (laughs) Disclaimer. (laughs) I've just realized that I have been treating this entire experiment not as an experiment, but just as like another to do in my week of like, it's literally just for content for a podcast. Like it's so external to me. Mm, I've just like had this like come to Jesus moment. I'm not religious, (laughs) but (laughs) come to Maddie moment where I'm like, oh, that's right. This experiment is for me. (laughs) It's not not just for content for a podcast. Yeah. 
I know, right? It's hard though. It's hard when we're trying to do all these different things and you're trying to talk about it. And I actually had that with that book club that I joined that I haven't gotten to a book club meeting yet. Although I read the last book, which was good. And then I bailed last minute. Uh, (laughs) You need me to go to it as well. Because then if I had to pick you up, you'd be like, oh, I can't bail. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. We're so competitive with each other. It's like, well, if Maddie's going, I better go. (laughs) Have we told our competition story? We should tell that one day. I don't know. We should. Because it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so even with the book club, when I was reading the book, it was a really good book and I enjoyed it. But the entire time that I was reading it, I was thinking that I needed to be taking notes or what would I talk about with other people? How would I like trying to come up with something, something profound to say and something, um, you know, you're trying to think of a commentary. You're not reading it in the same way. And I actually was like, oh, I kind of don't like that. I kind of just want to read a book and enjoy it for what it is. And, and that will be it. And maybe someday talk about to somebody about it who's also read it but Mm. I don't know it was weird kind of thinking that and I think that's it's kind of the same thing as what you were just talking about where it's like okay as we're going through this experiment we're also thinking about what are we going to talk about on the podcast like we have to kind of formulate some kind like our not answers to anything but you know we have to formulate an idea about okay how how did it go Mm. well I say this is the thing is I'm pretty good at like speaking on my feet <laughs> I'm, I don't like to plan too much because I actually think that hinders my um creativity in the moment yeah so I'm actually just not doing the experiment at all <laughs> like I'm literally <laughs> just like reflecting on the week and going oh yeah I kind of did that experiment by this thing and that thing but I'm actually not bringing a whole lot of intention at all because it's it's not like I don't have someone needing me to every moment of the day yes isn't that crazy yeah. but also uh, it's okay. I know better. It's okay. I can do it. I can, I can do better. <laughs> exactly. But that's the whole thing is even having that realization and being open to that realization is like, oh, okay. Cause that's kind of the same thing that I've found, um, just in my life in general, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm kind of skating through thinking that I'm putting this work in and thinking that I'm doing certain things and behaving a certain way. And, but when I, now that I've become more intentional about, what I'm doing and trying to, you know, stay present in those moments, I'm realizing like, oh, I actually haven't really delved into any of it. Like I haven't really been doing a lot of it. Some of it, yeah, you know, but a lot of it has been very surface level and very, uh, very much me just telling myself that I've been doing it, which is not the same as actually doing it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? And, and I, I suppose it's kind of also like... I struggle a little bit with, and I think this kind of is going against how we intended for the experiment to happen anyway, but like, you know, when we were talking about like set an intention for the day, like having these arbitrary homework pieces is also not necessarily, I think, how I'm going to change. Like it's like, I think I would definitely benefit from doing the daily journaling just to be doing a check-in like a daily check-in with my core desired feelings mm-hmm. um I think that's just enough of a reminder that it's more likely that I'm gonna have a, a moment or a couple of moments through the day where I'm like oh I don't feel like finishing this thing but I know I'd feel accomplished if I did or oh I know I don't have the energy to play with my kids right now but I, I'll enjoy feeling childlike when mm-hmm. I do it like 
just having those little like reminders would be enough, I think, to create probably pretty significant change. Yeah. Um, but it is that balancing act, isn't it? Where it becomes like a chore versus like really just bringing awareness, enough awareness to actually create change. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. I think that, um, Oh, I had totally had an idea. I think I'm going to do this every episode where I had an idea and then it just leaves my brain <laughs> completely. We should have like a little sound effect where I'm like, there goes Kristen's idea. Whee! Off it goes. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> classic Kristen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, getting way back to what you had said of how I'm going to um, catch myself in those moments. <laughs> the longest question and answer the longest, ever. yeah. <laughs> Let's really drag this out. <laughs> um, I actually had an interesting kind of epiphany this week when I was thinking about my core desired feelings. And mm. I realized that um, I was falling into, because I was trying to catch myself and push myself in the right direction towards my core desired feelings. Mm-hmm. But I was struggling with it a bit. And what I started noticing was almost these... Um, these, they're not core, well, obviously not core desired feelings, whatever the opposite of that is. So these, mm. these other things that I always gravitate towards, yeah. uh, that are the core of who I am. Cause they're kind of built in, um, behaviors that I just do naturally. And they're, they're not negative in, in their own right. But I think the level that I'm, I'm, uh, turning to them is probably negative. Like it's not serving me. In so the like way an, that it needs to. If we had to give it a name, maybe like an undesirable habitual behavior. Yes, uh, thank you. You're, You're like welcome. naming guru. <laughs> <laughs> Just the opposite of core desired feelings. Undesired habitual behavior. Exactly. Um, so I kind of made a little list of some of them, and as I was thinking of them, I'm like, oh yeah, that I do that all the time. So my little list is uh, perfection. So. I don't take action on things unless I know I can do it very well um, or basically be competent in it. I have this like strong desire. I, I don't want people to see that I can't, uh, that I don't know what I'm talking about or that I'm not doing things properly or whatever, mm. um, which holds me back a lot. I mean, sometimes it's fine, but it generally it's held me back almost my whole life. Um, this podcast is a real challenge for me showing how I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But it's good. It's good to push forward. And I mean, the audio has been terrible and all this stuff, but I'm like, whatever, we're going to post it anyway. And this is what it's going to be. What a lesson in overcoming perfection, hey? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, My other ones are control. Because I feel a big sense of needing to be in control at all times. Um, Overthinking and living in the future. Mm. So those are the four ones that I find that I really fall into all the time. And I actually notice that those combined with my core desired feelings kind of help to keep me on track. Because when I can't... Mm. um, Like when I think, okay, what am I doing right now? When I'm trying to be intentional in the moment... I'm becoming aware of which behavior I'm doing. Yeah. You know? 
and giving a name to it is kind of like, oh, I'm being like this right now, and I actually need to stop that and move towards one of my core desired feelings. Yeah. It's, so I'm curious to know, because this is something that, again, came up in the counseling session yesterday, and it's something that I've been noodling on for quite a while now, is this idea that we have traits that are parts of our personality, characteristics of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I hate, I don't like to like, again, very, probably very surface <laughs> outwardly, I would say, I don't like to judge them. Let's be real internally. I'm judging them like crazy. <laughs> um, but so for instance, as part of the Colby A index, if you've ever taken that quiz, no. I'm a high quick start, high fact finder. So I like rush in and do heaps of research on an idea in, in what I would describe to be a frenzy <laughs> when, <laughs> when I have these ideas and so when I, when I took that um, personality assessment and I got this result, it was very validating for me and almost permission-giving because I felt like, ah, oh, that's why I do these things. Because up until that point, I really felt like, oh, I start all these projects that I never finish. And I was counting even these ideas that I, like, frantically search and then give up on because I've done the research that ultimately told me, actually, I don't want to do that. And so I got lots of like validation out of receiving this like um, assessment because I was like, oh, so that's just part of my personality. Like maybe I should just be accepting of it. And like my husband and I talked about it. And so ever since then, which is probably getting close to 12 months ago when I took it, I, when I'm in those moments, we, he and I have like a, common dialogue now to understand what's going on for me so in one aspect I kind of accepted it right and I'm like okay this is part of me I'm going to lean into it when it happens it's a Mm -hmm. it's you know I could look at it as being a superpower and then when I was talking to my counselor yesterday and like talking about control as you mentioned Mm -hmm. uh, and like for me I have a really hard time with uncertainty yeah and part of my desire for control and part of why I live in the future as much as I do is because we kind of trick ourselves into thinking that we are in control when we're planning the future because right. no one can tell us that it's not going to happen the way that it, like we're, that we're imagining, right? Like it's in the future. It's hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, and, and oftentimes people who live in the future won't necessarily go through with the things that they're planning because it's like it's just safe to stay in the future and have that control as yeah, opposed to you're always living in the future right but yeah exactly yeah. as opposed to living in the present where like plans don't always go the way you think they're going to go and mm-hmm. you know you have to release the control and you have to embrace the uncertainty right and so I started to look at that personality assessment and kind of question is it a good thing for me to just accept it as part of myself or is it leaning into my undesired habitual behaviors in a way that isn't ultimately serving me? And it's like, I don't know. I feel like on a bit of a balance beam, like I don't know what the answer is. Maybe there isn't an answer. Maybe it's moment to moment, but that's kind of where I found myself questioning. Right. Well, I think that part of the, I mean, part of the purpose of learning that, learning about ourselves and, and 
learning those things. I mean, I do, do think that it had a really positive effect of you accepting things about yourself. And mm. maybe that's the purpose of it, of, you know, it's okay. However we are, it's okay. That doesn't mean that we can't or shouldn't change certain things mm. or work on certain things or be a little bit more aware of certain things. Like, but I, I think that, I mean, in that moment, you feel, you felt a, a big sense of relief and a big sense of being able to maybe not feel so alone in it or mm. so different because of it. Because I do think that, it, you know, there are enough people out there that, that behave the same way and think the same way and, you know, I was going to say act the same way. That's the same as behave. <laughs> sure. I'm just sure. throwing words out. <laughs> we, could, we could figure out how they're different. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it definitely, it's a really fine line between, okay, this is this is my personality. And I mean, we could go into big debate of nature versus nurture and all mm. that kind of stuff, right? It all ties in together. Gladly. But yeah, <laughs> yeah like, but it's also, you know, <sighs> I don't know. I, that's a really tough call of, you know, so I think in a lot of ways it serves you well, you know, mm. it, it propels you forward in certain ways, but that's well, really, to your it's point. a hard one. Yeah. Well, and I think to your point about those like behaviors that you identified, that's where I like, I don't think it can be viewed in a broad strokes kind of sense because for instance, I think that my high fact finding high quick start energy works really, really well in my business where I like to work on like a project basis. Mm -hmm. So I can dive deep into someone's project for a short period of time and then bounce really soon after, you know, and that's how I design the way that I work with people now because I know that about myself. Whereas in the past I was like, doing three month packages and getting so incredibly bored partway mm -hmm. through because I'd already done that like research, you know, frenzy and it was behind me and I was done. So I think there's ways to make that part of myself work for me. Yeah. And, and then it's like examining when I'm kind of to your point that you mentioned earlier, that whole thing of like, did I choose this or is this me just like, being I'm, I'm like imagining like a um like a landslide like am I just being taken along with right. this with this feeling well, I think it's just it's that it, it's kind of ties in with everything that we've been talking about of you know when does it serve you and yes. choosing when we're using these things because like I said with my I can't remember the name of it. Habitual, whatever. <laughs> Undesired habitual behaviors. <laughs> habitual, <Yeah>. whatever, whatever's. <laughs> the technical term. Oh. Yes. <laughs> like with mine, it's like in, it, that's why I was careful to say on their own, they're not bad things. Mm -hmm. Like control isn't always a bad thing, but it's like anything. It has to be in moderation. It has to be in the right moments, right? Like living mm. in the future isn't always a bad thing. You know, it's important to plan. It's important to look ahead. It's important to set goals, all those kinds of things mm. in the future. But when you're doing it all the time, you know, it's more just, I think, being aware of when we're using certain aspects of our personality or when we're turning yeah. to certain things, certain behaviors to you know, 
it, it just goes back to being aware and being mm-hmm. intentional and thinking in that moment, oh, am I just a runaway train right now and just doing, I'm on autopilot, just doing whatever it is I want to do? Or is this me, is this actually how I want to be behaving in this moment right now? Yeah. Are these the actions I want to be taking? I want to share with you a um, analogy that uh, another coach friend of mine gave me like, gosh, three years ago now when at the time I was, I think I just had my daughter and I was a fairly new parent and I was really struggling with this whole idea of control. And I had been for like probably 12 months through not having control throughout my pregnancy, not having control throughout my birth, not having control of a another human being, (laughs) you know, like control came up real hard for me. (laughs) And I was, I was doing a, my, a different podcast at the time and I had her on and I was talking to her about control and she said that she swapped out the desire for control for the desire for command. And the way oh. she described it was if you think about you're, a, you're the captain of a, of a ship, mm-hmm. you have zero control over what the sea is going to do, what the weather's going to do, what your um, what, you know, like what's going on internally for your crew, but you are the commander in charge. Ah. So you're commanding the crew and commanding the way the ship reacts to those elements you can't control. Uh, and that was really eye-opening for me because I think that puts you in the seat, in, in the seat of choice, right? You Like yeah. you're having to make choices based on the external factors that are presented to you and it also forces you to become more present because if you're commanding a ship you can't put like you can plan the route as best you can but ultimately when you're on the sea you're gonna have to like react to what the you know what's going on in real time yeah well and I I like it because it's not just a catch-all of control and trying to frantically control everything around you you know it's 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 an intentional control you know like exactly it is there is a time and a place for it you know you step into the role that that you have you don't need to be taking on everybody else's role, you know, like yeah. Well, you don't. We have could probably to be take the people the... that. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, so I was just going to say we can like to your point. We can probably take the analogy further, where it's like in those moments, are we choosing to be the captain or are we choosing to be the crew? Because I think right. when we're the crew, where like the captain ends up being those like whatever feeling we've been feeling that's kind of like leading the charge mm-hmm. as opposed to when we're stepping into the role of captain and then we're like making the choices yeah. that, that kind of steer the ship, the Absolutely. ship being us. us exactly. <laughs> and it's the thing too of, of, you know, if you're the commander over your own ship, so I'm mm-hmm. the commander over myself and my life and Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. If I look at everything else in my life, like the people that I'm connected to, my relationships, everything outside of me as like the the sea or Mm. the ocean, you know, you can't, you can kind of see if a storm's coming or whatever, but you can't control any of it. Yeah. You can navigate through it and you can um, make choices that are going to take you in a certain direction, but you can't 
control it, you know? And also you can have more so this maybe this is the analogy we're gonna take with us forever, Kristen, because <laughs> I think it also comes down to how well equipped is your ship. Like right, yeah. how many tools, aka self care tips like intentionality, yeah, do you have aboard to help you navigate the storms? Yeah. Like all the little crew members or all of our little emotions and all of our yeah. our tools that we've got that can help us. Or exactly. hinder us. Because <laughs> the storms yeah. are going to come. That's the thing. It's like yeah. even with the self-care journey and part of what I, I don't like about the way self-care is spoken about in the real world sometimes is that mm-hmm. it's almost as if if you do enough work, eventually you'll get to a place where you don't have any more dramas in your life. No, that's not true. Which is total <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And, but that's how I feel like if mm-hmm. it's not overtly said, it's kind of like sold with that kind of sheen on it yeah and the truth is if we look at the ship analogy those storms they are coming like we can't control the weather they're coming like you're gonna have ups and downs in life and you've just got to have all the tools at the ready to you know it's so interesting i was on um, a ship in australia called the young endeavor which is a youth scheme for um young adults to like go on the ship for 10 days and actually man the ship um it was the most amazing experience ever, but it's like such a full circle moment to be talking about ah. ships now. Cause I'm like, I actually had to like, you know, put out the jib and you know, yeah. I had to do all these things. So anyway, we should do that. That's what our little retreat should be. We should oh. go on a ship. Do you know what though? <laughs> I would take that suggestion in, in like in full because oh, we're doing it we're i think we've established we're competitive so now yeah. that we, it, we have <laughs> to do it. we're actually going to have two ships we're going to be a one on each and we're racing somewhere we're doing a regatta yeah. um <laughs> we're doing we're, there's a really famous race in australia that i'm going to forget the name of now but it's like the something to hobart sydney to hobart we're going to do the sydney to hobart um okay. but but you know what i would i would actually love I think it would be one of the most amazing experiences to run a retreat on a tall ship where the people who attended actually had to, like, man the tall ship. That would be amazing. We are yes, going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't like the gender, gendered word man a tall ship. It should be, like, crew. Crew a tall ship. Oh, yeah. There you go. There we go. Um, but, <laughs> but the reason I say that is because those 10 days that I was on that tall ship – I didn't know anyone else. I was totally in an environment where there was no one I could cling to. And it was really interesting for someone who had always been a real like teacher's pet, high achiever. I, for the first time ever, took on the role of being like that annoying kid in class who's just going to like cause trouble and like have snide things to say. (laughs) And I like got, I kind of like got off on the wrong foot with our like crew master to start with and it was a really interesting like different experience for me to like try on a different hat almost like I'm gonna do be this different person for 10 days but what was really like eye-opening like we like the 10 like I think there was like eight people in our crew Mm -hmm. um there were several different crews on the ship and I was in a crew of eight and 
we are some of the closest friends in my life now because like the things like when you vomit off the side of a ship with Ah. someone you're you're bonded for life um but like it's it was hard work and so it was one of those experiences that like forces you to examine so much about yourself that all of that to say i think we should just soft announce right now that our first retreat (laughs) will be manning a tall ship (laughs) i mean crewing a tall ship Done. I love it. Done. <laughs> I, that's the thing Details TBD. <laughs> I think that that's something that everybody should do. Um, not crew a tall ship, but I mean, yeah. Fine, but <laughs> that's fully what I thought you meant. I was like, well, I, I do agree with you emphatically. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I think that we should all um, in our adult lives do something that forces us out of our comfort zone mm-hmm. and kind of on our own like with without any of those things that we normally lean on and a chance to be to figure out if we want to be somebody different you know Mm. like a lot of people um don't want to travel by themselves or whatever but there's something so great when you're totally by yourself even if you go on a tour you'll get more a lot of times you'll get more out of it if you go by yourself because you're forced to interact with other people you're forced to to be a bit different and mm. to act however you want to act, not acting, you know, as a part of a relationship that's already there. You know, it's honestly like one of my bu- like I shouldn't say bucket list because gosh, I want to do it a lot longer, but a lot earlier than me getting close to kicking the bucket. But <laughs> I. I've wanted to go on a solo trip now for a few years. I think ever since I had kids, I was like, I need to go on a trip by myself. <laughs> Get me um, away. <laughs> yes. But also I realized I've never, I'd barely ever traveled before we moved to Mexico. And uh, in the travel that I had done, it always with, been with other people. And there's something, and I mean, you, I know you've done lots of solo travel, so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. This like, I kind of like dream of this scenario where I wake up and the only person I have to ask what I, they would like to do today is me. Like, that just sounds magical. It's amazing. But it's also difficult in its own way. I mean, I did a big road trip with me and my dog um, for, I think we were gone for 36 days. Wow. Um, I mean, I had friends come and meet me, and I ended up meeting my now husband on that trip. (laughs) Uh, So I wasn't totally alone the entire time. But it was, as somebody who I, as I previously stated on this episode, I'm very tied into other people. It's really hard for me to find my own voice when I have other people around. Um, And it was the first time that I'd really been, really traveled on my own. And it was hard. It was hard to be like, okay, you wake up and yeah, I'm the only one who gets to decide today. And then I was like, oh, okay, but now what? You know, Mm -hmm. but what do I actually want? It really forced me, which was great. It was fantastic. But it definitely was a struggle on its own of figuring out what do I actually want? Like, who who do I want to be on this trip? And where do I want to go? And how do I want to best serve myself? And it was, yeah, it definitely was difficult. And by the end of the trip, I was, you know, it was really nice to be around other people and, Mm. and be able to... Um, yeah, to kind of have some other barometer there other than just myself because that's my comfort zone, right? To be around other people. Did you feel that like 
having to make all those decisions, did that create decision fatigue for you? Um, a little bit, but only the same amount that any traveling does, I think. Right. I've done a lot of traveling in my life. Um, and every trip that you take, depending on, you know, some more than others, obviously. I mean, if you're going to go to an all-inclusive in Mexico, there's very little decisions to be made. You decide once and then, you know, where are we going to eat today or what drink am I going to get? That's basically <laughs> it. But with any other trip where you're really, um, you know going from place to place and you have to think about where are we going to eat every day for every single meal and where are we going to stay you know if you're moving places every couple days or you're you know you have to transport yourself to different places like you're constantly thinking there's a lot of decision fatigue I think with traveling Mm. um, unless you really are just staying in one spot but even that I find even just having to think of where am I going to eat every day is fatigues me after a certain amount of time. Why can't someone just know what I want and deliver it to my room? Gosh. Exactly. (laughs) Why don't I have a personal chef? Exactly. (laughs) Well, the reason I ask that is because, like, that's something I notice, especially having small children now and and between Rory and I, uh, we we run out of decision-making capabilities through the day. And decision, like, fatigue is a very real (laughs) kind of, like, challenge that we experience like almost on a daily basis if not definitely on a weekly basis to the point where sometimes like depending on who's the most decision fatigued if it's like they're asking the the most decision fatigued person how to like what they want for dinner it's like i'm out of decision making like yeah you gotta take the reins yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm done i'm off duty i can't handle it yeah but i think that 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 is the nice thing about doing things completely on your own is feeling like okay even though you're still making decisions i think because you don't have to debate it with anybody it has nothing to do with anybody else it yeah. it's easier in a way because you're like hmm i kind of feel like pizza for dinner or whatever it's easy you then you you go down that path of okay well where am i going to get it from do i feel like going out or is it going to be delivered or whatever like yeah it's easier because you don't then have you know two or three other people saying like actually no i want this and then i want this and then it's a debate and it's a whatever yes it's like a lot of times I think when you're just on your own, it's easier to. There's no compromise. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I almost want to like when I eventually do travel, I have a plan. Like I hope within the next couple of years, I'd really like to go to like Portland or Seattle mm, for like, yeah. like, I don't know, three or four days would be enough just to test it out, I think. Yeah. But I, I'm very curious almost to treat it as an experiment to in like, and in, and exercise in getting to know myself better mm-hmm. to be like, what would I decide in those moments? Yeah. I actually don't know. Like, I really, I really don't know what I, cause I, I tend on the side of, I think I mentioned in a previous episode, I actually love to play host. Right. And when I'm traveling with someone, I, I, I take a lot of significance out of knowing my friends really well. So even if I'm traveling with a friend or, you know, obviously with my husband or my children, like, I'll go out of my way to find things that would like really make them happy. Right. To the point where I kind of sometimes feel like, what would I do for myself? (laughs) I don't know. Like that would be fun to learn and experience. But I think that that's kind of part of this whole experiment too, is, is stopping and trying to think. I mean, obviously we're not going to go away except for our (laughs) our tourship adventure. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's like, how do we 
figure out and how do how do we stay true to what we want in our lives and who we are and figure out who we are and what decisions we want to make for ourselves when we're in our lives and we're around our families and we're you know having to work and having to deal with all these other things it's like i i think that that is I mean, if someone has the answer to that, that would be like the golden ticket for everything. Mm-hmm. They could be a gazillionaire by selling that little secret. Yeah. You know? That's it. Please get in I, touch if you have the secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we might by the end of this uh, this experiment. But we might. It means we actually have to do the experiment, Maddie. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm going to do it, I swear. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we are, we're at the hour mark now. Yeah. So I think that we should be signing off. Otherwise we will just keep talking and planning. Like we'll have this entire tall ship thing planned. Yeah. I actually want to like hours. also just ask the audience, like if this is something like if say for instance, in like a year's time where we've got like, you know, 52 episodes and new people are coming to the podcast and, and they listen to this, I want you to come into our Instagram and I want you to be like, what's happening with the Tall Ship Adventure? Because (laughs) I would love, if there's enough of a groundswell (laughs) for this idea, you better believe I'm going to quick start energy that and figure out how we're going to do it. Oh my gosh. Well, and if we don't have people that will do it, you and I will go and do it. I want to do this really badly. (laughs) It's (laughs) happening. Awesome. I want to puke over the side of the boat with you, Maddie. Oh, I want to puke over the side of a boat with you, too. That's the kind of friends we are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, So if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, we are at howtobemeagain. We are also on TikTok. I can't remember our name on that, but go find us. (laughs) It's on there. I did a TikTok. I was very proud of myself. Woo! It was really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we will talk to you guys next week. Next week is our last week of How to Be Intentional, and we will announce what experiment we're going to do next or what experiment Maddie's going to have. (laughs) (laughs) You you know it. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys.